0: Yo, what up? It's your boy, Dean Knight, and you're listening to the Part of the Interaction Podcast. What we have for you today is yet another pocket pardon episode, because, of course, the news never stops. Not around here, does not Of course, your boy, Ron DeSantis, got booed down in Florida yesterday after attending an event down in Jacksonville, where he offered his condolences to the victims of the shooting in Jacksonville on Saturday also offering his support to Edward Waters University and HBCU down there you know saying that he would like to protect that community from violent acts of racism and such, which the community found that as fucking hilarious as I did uh, given that this is the guy who wants to ban critical race theory even though it isn't being taught and want kids to learn that slavery was awesome. Yeah, so you can see why they didn't take too fucking kindly to that. Of course, there was also another shooting at North Carolina Chapel Hill today. So, I mean, just the dread and sorrow is just never ending, it seems, with the gun violence. I don't know what we have to do to solve this problem, but we've got to figure out a solution. You to start off the podcast on such a dark note. But alas, these are the times we're living in. And this is just what the news is. Of course, we had Trump's trial date set in D.C. for his election interference, criminal charges. We'll get to that in just a moment. We also had Mark Meadows surprisingly show up and testify uh, in his hearing to have his trial removed from state court in Georgia to federal court. That was a complete and total surprise to everyone. Hopefully we'll get a chance to cover that on the main podcast with the girls later on this week. The Pope himself has come out and said that American conservatives have replaced faith with ideology. Yes, sir. They're literally worshipping their orange golden calf. Yeah, I wonder if the outcome of that will be similar to the way that it played out in the Bible. Who, Who knows? Right. And Eminem, everyone's favorite vanilla rapper. As demanded the Vivek Ramaswamy stop playing and rapping the song Lose Yourself on the campaign trail, even though it's quite weird for some 38-year-old tech bro to be rapping Eminem at a presidential campaign. Yeah, this this ain't 8 Mile, this is 8 to 10 years in prison that your opponents in the GOP primary are about to get. But before we get to the rest of the news... Let's give a shout out to our sponsor, Sheets and Giggles. My man, Colin McIntosh, the CEO. Do me a favor. Go find that guy on Twitter. Well, I guess X and Threads and give him a shout out. Tell him I said, hey, tell him I said, what up? Tell him I said what it is, because dude has some awesome fucking sheets and I love them. And you should pick up a set, too. We've got a couple of links in the show notes and you can get a discount at checkout. Thanks to Pardon Pod by using the code Perfect Pair, go ahead and grab you a set. I promise you these are the most luxurious sheets you'll have ever slept on. Uh, they certainly are the best sheets I've ever had, and I personally don't think I can ever go back to low-quality sheets ever again after sleeping on these bad boys. <laughs> well, all right, kids, time for the news. Save the date. Save the date. <laughs> We've got a Trump trial in DC. Judge Tanya Chuckin, aka Miss Tanya Don't Play, heard arguments from both the DOJ and Trump's team uh, about when to set the trial for Trump's 2020 election fraud conspiracy. Trump's team wanted to set a date of, get this, April 2026. <laughs> it's just three years from now <laughs> what the fuck and judge Chuckin felt the same way she looked at a number of their arguments and started with scheduling in other cases um dismissing those claims saying that those cases were nothing like this one. First of all uh the cases they cited were covid era cases i mean i know we're still having COVID, but like when when it was shutting Nearly everything down and amounted to serious delays in the judicial process. Um, as well as the fact that they were citing cases with a large number of defendants, which given the fact that this is the federal case in DC, there's only one defendant and, and they're recording the timing of one case from the time of the indictment until the end of the appeals process. Like they didn't even like, (laughs) (laughs) They didn't even try and temper it to the time when the trial ended. They were like, oh, we'll just add all this extra time for the appeals process. And then that's what we'll calculate is the beginning date for our trial. Yeah, Chutkin wasn't having that shit. The lawyers were also citing the massive amount of discovery that they'd have to become familiar with. Some nearly 12 million documents um, that they would have to sort through. And... Chuckin and DOJ easily dismissed that, given that more than half of it came from entities already associated with Trump and or open source materials, and much of it was also duplicative materials. Meaning that like maybe you have tens of thousands of documents, but some of those are repeated documents. So really you only have a couple thousand. And by the time you use digital means to, you know, search and categorize the information, like it, it really narrows it down. This, this idea that they're like sorting through pages and like literal physical pages and pages of documents like stacked all the way up to the ceiling. That's, that's insane. That's, that's not how, um, the discovery process is handled in 2023. And DOJ even quoted Trump's lawyer going on TV saying, like, that, you know, Mike Pence was going to be a great witness for them and he'd already read Pence's book twice and he was already preparing cross-examination and, like, I mean these guys run this scam on TV and then it comes back to bite them in court. It's fucking awesome. I'm glad we have a special counsel in this particular instance that is engaged with the comments that are being made in the media and actively using those in their legal filings and legal arguments in court. It's fucking awesome. Uh, Hung them out to dry and Chuckin made her decision that the trial will be held on March the 4th one day before Super Tuesday of the Republican primary. <laughs> so, Trump's trial is going to begin on Monday and then Tuesday. Republicans uh, across a number of states all over the country are going to have to go to the voting booth and decide whether or not they want to nominate a person who might be convicted of serious criminal activity And I bet they'll be thinking, damn, do I want to support a fucking criminal? And then even if they do want to support a criminal, they'll probably be thinking, damn, can a criminally indicted president win? Well, you know, maybe potentially criminally convicted president. Um, Because the way his lawyers are arguing, I don't see it going too well for him. Another crazy thing about the proceeding is like Trump's lawyers just... Fucking whining incessantly about every little thing, playing victim. Like just check in ain't for to let you come in here with your little white tears <laughs> and try and throw a pity party, pity parade. She was like, man, get the fuck up out of here with this. Like Laurel arguing that because the um, the trial be occurring so soon that he won't be able to provide an adequate legal defense. I guess this is like trying to plant the seeds. For an appeal early on before the trial even begins, or some such. Also, Laura was just like yelling insane shit like, This man's liberty and life is at stake. <laughs> and Chuckin is like, I get that, bro, but you're not getting two more years. This case ain't going to trial in 2026. <laughs> Apparently, Laura's losing his mind because he even stopped calling Trump president. And just started referring to him as Mr. Trump in, like, the middle of the proceedings. And, you know, Trump has to think about that at all times. Like, you got to keep the facade up and try and influence uh, just the public, the legal system, judges, lawyers. With this prestigious title, even given the fact that he's no longer president anymore. And, of course, you know, Chuck Kinn, Don't respect that shit at all. She constantly calls him Mr. Trump. She ain't ever referred to that man as president probably didn't refer to him as president when he was in the fucking white house and i respect that judge that's what i'm talking about you may have forgotten but trump's um hush money case uh, involving paying off stormy daniels in new york is set to begin on march 25th 2024 so given that it's only a couple of weeks after the beginning of this current trial I and mean, there could potentially be some scheduling conflicts uh apparently judge in had already spoken with the the judge in Manhattan and I'm sure they will potentially come to some sort of conclusion about how to prevent a scheduling conflict. Uh, Alvin Bragg's already made it publicly known that he'd be willing to postpone his case in order to avoid interfering with any other potential trials that Trump will be facing that are taking place in other districts, so I'm fairly sure we won't have to worry too much about this January 6th trial being postponed uh, will likely have Alvin Bragg's case delayed slightly. I also believe that part of the reason Chutkin is just hammering Trump's lawyers so hard about this scheduling is, like, she gave them every ample opportunity to provide, like, a reasonable target date that wasn't, like, almost three years from now. (laughs) And instead of trying to come to some sort of reasonable compromise they just dug in and refused to be totally unreasonable you know maybe they could have gotten themselves another six months or maybe even you know postpone the trial until after november if they had been fucking reasonable but no instead they're about to get hammered in court smack dab in the middle of the GOP primary congratulations you fuckers you fucking earned it And if you don't think that GOP primary is going to be tons of fun, just you wait. Trump is already getting started with his fucking wacky antics. Uh, He posted on True Social earlier today. Get this. Rumor are strong in political circles that Ronda Sanctimonious, whose presidential run is in shambles, and whose poll numbers have absolutely crashed, putting him third and fourth in some states, will be dropping out of the presidential race in order to run in Florida against Rick Scott for Senate. Now that's an interesting one, isn't it? I think the most fun fact about this tweet is that he spelled rumor wrong. (laughs) First of all, there's supposed to be Uh, in S, it's supposed to be plural as in, rumors are strong but, you know, typos get made sometimes, I make them all the time, so in that regard I'm willing to cut him a little slack except for the fact that he spelled rumor (laughs) R-O-O-M-E-R like bedroom or bathroom or something it's like, all you people in your fucking rooms you fucking rumors like, groomer, but without the G. I, I, <laughs> I don't know what happened here. Like, it's incredible that this dude somehow managed to make his way all the way to the fucking White House. Like, what were what were white people thinking? I'm sorry. I hate to blame y'all. I know y'all listening, but you know y'all did this. We didn't vote for that dude. <laughs> it's bananas. Oh my god. You know, I don't know. Maybe, like, Trump supporters enjoy the idea of having someone who has like an equal level of intelligence as they do like being wealthy and being in a position of power, I I don't know, maybe they feel as though because Trump can do it, anyone can do it, and I mean I guess to some degree I feel like that as well like if, if Trump can do this shit you know, other than being black, why can't I? Well, that that being black thing is a kind of a major hurdle, given like like I said, what we've seen in Jacksonville over the course of the weekend. Anyway, um, hate to take it back to a dark place, but yeah. So <laughs> Trump is out here doing his thing, uh, where he invents lies out of whole cloth to sabotage his political opponents. Except this time, Republicans are finally going to be the victims and Democrats get to sit back and watch, if not pour gasoline on the fucking fire, right? So now, instead of DeSantis being able to tend to his state, uh, given that there was a mass shooting in Jacksonville and there's a potentially strong hurricane heading towards the state, And of course, you know, running his own presidential campaign instead of focusing on those things, he instead has to tend with Trump pulling shit straight out of his ass, just incoherently, just making stuff up on the fly. Now you got to take the time to address these fucking rumors and you know that Trump's followers believe anything he says. So now he's going to be contending with that for the foreseeable future until Trump makes up some other shit. And then you have to tackle that. And then you spend an endless amount of time just addressing Trump's lies, trying to get back to the status quo instead of building up support for your presidential candidacy. It's going to be a fun ride for Ron DeSantis with the target on his back. Hey, well, don't you worry, you other GOP candidates, as soon as you begin to make some kind of headway in the polls, Trump's going to come after you. He's going to come after you. And that's what you get for supporting this guy, no matter what, no matter how reckless and insane and un- and disloyal he was over the course of his tenure as the leader of the GOP. Like, it's finally going to come back to bite you in the ass. You Should have took him down when you had the chance. You had the chance. You had the opportunity to convict him of impeachment and disqualify him for office and rid yourselves of this problem forever. Or you could have turned on him at any point in time, you know, with the COVID, with the potential coup, even with the, the conspiracy with the Russians to steal the 2020 election or January 6th or any fucking point in time. He's been indicted four times now. Like you could have picked any time to like pull your support and finally, try and just rip the band aid off of this and kick the dude out of the party. Uh, but now you're going to be facing the fucking consequences. Good job, guys. You did this to yourselves. Speaking of disloyalty, Russia has confirmed that yes, Yevgeny Prigozhin was indeed killed in the plane crash in Moscow last week. If you're unfamiliar with Prigozhin, he was the leader of the Wagner group which is practically a private military company that was operating in service of Vladimir Putin in Ukraine and abroad as well. And because of its designation as such, it was able to operate in ways that didn't draw nearly as much attention to Russia and Putin's aims abroad, given that it wasn't acting officially as an arm of the Russian army. Purgosian also had a role in the 2016 election interference on behalf of Russia, working in large part through his Concord agency, which was in control of the Russian troll farm that spent endless amounts of time and significant amounts of money spreading disinformation in their PSYOP operation and their attempts to harm Hillary Clinton's chances of winning the 2016 election and helping Donald Trump. Well, a couple of months ago in June, uh, Pergozin took his private army on a march to Moscow in such a fashion that it appeared to be an attempted coup and shot down a number of Russian military aircraft on their way. Uh, they made their way unopposed through Russia, stopping practically a couple hundred miles outside of Moscow city limits, apparently reorganizing and rethinking his strategy, um, assuming that he didn't expect to make it all the way to Moscow unopposed. It was eventually negotiated between he and Putin that he would surrender his position as the leader of the Wagner group, and instead... Exiled to Belarus, where presumably Putin could keep him at arm's length while also keeping an eye on him through his surrogate, if not crony, Alexander Lukashenko, president of Belarus. Now the jokes are flying around for days on end about how Prigozhin might want to stay away from Windows or, or you know, hire a new food taster just in case because we thought it was quite insane that Putin would allow such an act of betrayal to go unpunished especially by such a high-ranking official. Like, he's out here with this iron fist, iron glove situation where he's got to rule. <laughs> rule by making an example out of people. Like, when you run a mafia state and you're practically the mob boss of an entire country, like, these people don't have an oath to a higher principle or or loyalty to a country and whatnot. These these fuckers are gangsters. Like they only respond to like a couple of things, fear and money. And Putin has to deal out a significant amount of both to maintain his power. And one of the things he cannot do is let other people see that there's the potential for weakness. That if they were to strike in such a similar fashion, that they might be able to take Moscow and impose get rid of Putin and become the man themselves yeah because with all the skeletons in his closet all the misdeeds he's taken part in over the past decades and with all the missteps he's made lately namely like totally dismantling the Russian army by using their soldiers and equipment as cannon fodder for the Ukrainian army dude gotta be looking over his shoulder every day but of course We said the same thing of Progrosian once he surrendered. We were like, once you got that close, you might as well go ahead and try to seal the deal because you was a dead man walking. And it turned out to be correct. (laughs) That was, in fact, the case. I don't know what he and his deputies were doing in a flight around Moscow. Like, why you would even, like, tempt fate by being in a position where Putin could easily take you out. Uh, It Makes no sense to me. Now, of course... We're under the assumption that uh, Putin had his military apparatus fire missiles at the plane and down it in order to cause this crash. Of course, that is unconfirmed. That is according to the rumor mill. Uh, But the fact that he's willing to fire missiles over Moscow, man, that's some crazy shit. Like, you know, I'm absolutely certain that other oligarchs are looking at that like, damn. Yeah, if we got some plans to do some Pregosian type shit where we try and roll up in Moscow, well, as the saying goes, if you shoot at the king, you bet not miss. Because the king will fucking shoot back. It's also incredible because Pregosian was viewed as like a a national hero for his efforts with the Wagner group, you know, out there on the front lines uh, quite often with his own troops. He had a very high level of support uh, from the soldiers in his employ and across Moscow. He was one of the few prominent figures in Russia that could publicly criticize Putin and seem to face no potential backlash from the public and no consequences from Putin himself. Of course, he would have been in that position if not for Putin handpicking him in the first place and giving him access to the financial apparatus that initially helped him to build his catering business and, you know, eventually the Wagner Group. So this coup was honestly of Putin's own making. Um, You spend all this time and energy uh, affecting control over the country by installing these people and giving them uh, a small amount of power and wealth and they eventually accumulate power and wealth of their own and decide that they eventually would like to to make their own moves on the chessboard. They no longer want to be the pawns. They want to become the kings. And this is totally familiar territory for autocratic and dictatorial rule, right? You build these guys up, and then if you want to stay in power, you've got to take them down. And, and Putin reminds me very much of Trump in this one regard. You know, as far as we've known, Boghossian's been very loyal to Putin over the years, been very instrumental in helping Putin carry out a number of his plans in Russia and abroad and so for Putin to eventually end up taking him out in this fashion it's eerily fucking similar to Trump trying to hang Mike Pence on January 6th after years of unquestioned loyalty to Trump on behalf of Pence Pence is just lucky that Trump no longer has control over military strikes where he'd be sharing a similar fate as Yevgeny Prigozhin, And that concludes this episode of Pardon the Interaction.